Assalamu alaikum everyone. So, I thoroughly enjoyed filming um, one of my last episodes, which was like an unstructured wind down, where I just kind of rambled, random rambled, let my heart take me where, and I really enjoyed it. And I like to put out content, not just that you guys would like, but also something that I would like. So I wanted to film another episode just like this because I thought that, you know, I feel like it's a, it's a really good balance. So, you know, I just wanted to wind down again, um, just chilling and just talk because why not? It's relaxing. It's fun. I find it kind of therapeutic. I hope that you guys like it too. So one of the things that I've really been wanting to talk about in one of my podcasts, and I've been wanting to like dedicate a discussion to it and just kind of slip it up somewhere, is something I actually talked about on my Instagram. I posted a reel about it. So if you saw it, you saw it. If you didn't see it, now you better hear what I'm about to say. And this is just a big topic as a whole. I kind of just wanted to talk about um, the concept of Muslim TikTok and, you know, Muslim communities on social media. I think we make lots of jokes about haya and halal marriages and, you know, I want someone like this and, you know, deen this, deen that. And then, unfortunately, okay, I think I should preface before I begin. No way, shape or form. Are we all perfect? I'm not here to judge anyone's intention. God knows best. But I'm just pointing out a couple things. Unfortunately, all those jokes are made in the way that has absolutely no haya. In the sense that men will be sitting here talking about, you know, how they want like a marriage and how they want to be halal, how they're lowering their gaze while also duetting, restitching and sharing videos of girls and being like, oh my God, I'm publicly simping over her. I can't wait. I, I want her that to be my wife. Or like they're going in her comments, reading stuff like that. And I don't get why and it's like then you're sitting here joking about haya saying how you want this you want that yet you are doing this and it's like i just don't get that another issue is like when um i guess you could say people are very public about who they're something over and who not you know it's a different thing to struggle to lower your gaze and you keep it private and you try to hide it but then if you struggle to lower your gaze and you're telling the whole world about it it's it's weird and it's not right and i think that also aligns up with music i think that some people you know the struggle with music that's fine but now you're putting music in your tiktoks and i think a lot of people don't realize that when you share music on an instagram story on a quick poll on a quick tiktok or a tiktok that has music that lives on you don't want to be in your grave you know, being like, hey, please don't view my TikTok. I had music in there. Music's haram. You know, hey, please just delete that post. Can someone stop viewing that? Like, think about it. That's rationally what's going to happen. Because you don't want to get punished for other people hearing music, hearing this, hearing that, or you yourself doing it. People are posting TikToks with music in it. They're so happy. They got more than a million views. And I'm like, dude, that's a million people that just heard that. So it's a very, actually, a serious discussion. And when I talk about this, people laugh. People are like, oh, you're being too extremely too serious. No, it's basic sense. If I know that I struggle with this sin, okay, between me and Allah. But now if I tell the whole world I struggle with this sin, why? Another issue that I saw that happened quite a lot was when Ramadan ended, people were posting videos of themselves, you know, in their cars, at home, wherever, with their friends blasting music, being like, thank God I can finally listen to music. It's been a whole month without it. You know, I was deprived of music. Can't wait. I'm bopping out. Like, dude, you can't, like, you get my point. Like, it's just so sad because it's like, I'm not trying to sit here and I guess you could say be a fake sympathizer. That's not what I'm saying because we all have since that we struggle with. I have things that I struggle with between me and Allah. But when you sit here and you publicize it, is it worth it?
And I don't think we talk about that enough. Is it worth it? Was it really worth it? Was that joke worth it? Was it worth the joke of saying, oh, look, I missed musical Ramadan? And to have people in your comments who are also unfortunately exposing their sins and they're like, yeah, me too, bro. Same, bro. I cannot stop listening to music. Same. I'm obsessed. Why are you doing that? Because now not only have you posted something exposing your sins and all the people are seeing it, now you got people in your comments doing it. And I don't think people realize that the train of effects of this is not good at all. And it's so sad because so many people forget about it. And then, you know, when time comes, it's like, yo, you remember that TikTok that you made? You remember that? And it's like, it lives on. And I think that that's one of those most terrifying things that I try to be really careful about. If I ever post something on my story, I see someone use background audio, I might not even post it. I'm sorry. If you like my TikTok and you make edits or you ever like send me anything and it kind of has music in it, I'm not going to promote your work. I'm sorry. I'm very open about promoting, sharing people's stuff. If you follow me on Instagram, you're in my Discord, like, I will share whatever. You can ask me, I'll share it. But if it has kind of like haram stuff in it or music and stuff like that, I don't share it. I'm sorry. That's just my, because I don't want to be held liable for that. And I think another thing is like, sometimes I see some really funny TikToks or something like that. And then you go on the creator's page and unfortunately they have music in their other TikToks. So it's kind of like, uh, and you know, it's, it's just like, it's like a trade of effects. And I think lots of people don't think about it as deeply as I do. But at the same time, like you're an ounce of prevention is better than a pound of, you know, regretfulness. And I think that lots of people don't realize that it's not necessarily okay to be so obsessed with music. And then again, like, that's another thing between you and, you and Allah. But you don't want to post that and then end up sitting there regretting it. You know what I'm saying? And it's just, it, mm -mm. and I feel like we don't even think about how far it can go and how dangerous it is. You can post a TikTok with a song and someone can be like, oh my God, what song is that? That's such a good song. I haven't heard that song in so long. YouTube.com. Now they listen to that song. Now they got it on Spotify. Now they listen to that song on loop. Just really internalize what I've been saying these first five minutes. I'm not saying this to make you feel bad. I'm not saying this to make you feel, you know, like you're the worst individual on earth. I'm just telling you so you could be a little bit more cautious. And I think that that's kind of problematic because when I do speak up about this, people say, you're being too extreme. Pipe down. You're doing too much. And it's like, you're not realizing where I'm coming from. Like, I'm saying it for your sake. You get me? And it's like, again, we all have sins that we struggle with. So who am I to sit here and judge you? I'm not judging you, but I'm just advising you. I think like the issue also, and this is a really big, 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 dark one, and I'm going to talk about it with my full chest. Although, you know, this was a discussion that I, I meant to talk about quite earlier, but it's just a discussion that I've never been able to round myself to because I, I, I know things I've experienced and I've seen things and it's just kind of like, where do you begin, you know, talking about it? But I think we have to be vocal about the fact that unfortunately lots of girls are being taken advantage of in the Muslim community, especially online. We have men that are knowledgeable, that know exactly what they're talking about, that are wise, educated men. And some of them may even hold authority, power by having lots of followers, by leading positions in mosques, by, be, by being imams, by being sheikhs, by like being out there, you know what I'm saying? And they might, you know, whether they do dawah or not, or whether they just have an authority figure, Unfortunately, some of them take advantage of young girls. They tell young girls, hey, here's how the halal way is done. And then they will portray something completely different. And the girls won't necessarily know or understand that it's wrong. Because since they have that authority, since they have that following, or since they are an imam, or since they are a sheikh, or since they, since they have that, you know, a leading position in a mosque or something, they think, oh, well, no, 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 this person's knowledgeable. They know what they're talking about. I'm probably overthinking it, which is so, so, so sad. 
it is so sad and i've seen it happen far more than it should have i know a situation multiple actually where girls have sent me screenshots of text messages with dudes that are very much knowledgeable unfortunately and some dudes that in other states are leading you know places in their mosques and whatnot or their dads are you know well knowledgeable people and they are spending lots of time in the mosque just whatever maybe and you know like girls will be like okay so if if a girl is not necessarily knowledgeable in that area of you know how stuff is done the halal way which unfortunately happens with reverts because lots of reverts before you revert how's life you know you could you could just text a guy you could flirt with a guy there's nothing stopping you right and then after you convert to islam it's like the rules and the guidelines of how you're supposed to be with the opposite gender are completely different and so they're still adjusting and learning and if they unfortunately encounter someone who is abusing the position of authority what happens is they kind of skew the perspective and take advantage of those girls which sucks and it's like why are you doing that and it's it's so sad because you'll see the screenshots and if you're someone that's well aware of how stuff is done the halal way or you've you know you've like you are i guess you could say you're an, you're an outsider and you see the way that they're talking to these girls you're like uh he shouldn't be talking to you like that he's telling you that you shouldn't be flirting you shouldn't be dating you shouldn't be doing this you should be respectful to your non-mahrams and not talk to them and whatnot but then he's not your mahram either so why the hell is he talking to you like that and i've had cases like that i've told girls that i'm like girl he should not be talking to you like that he should not be sending you, you know, all these kisses and hearts and faces. It, no, no, he should not be doing that. And the girl's like, wait, are you serious? Like, you're for real? Like, I thought this was normal, you know, because before I reverted, it was like this. And I was like, no, that's not how we do it here. That's not right. And it's so, so sad because a lot of times some girls don't even know it's wrong. So they think it's normal. So they don't ever think about questioning it. And I'm so grateful that God has allowed me the you know, the capability to tell people that it's wrong. But some girls, since they don't know, they never question and they think it's normal. And then they get taken advantage of. And I think that it's so disgusting how you have a position of authority, how you have followers or how you're leading a community and you decide that it is right in your mind, right state of mind to do crap like that. It's disgusting. And I find this such a difficult topic to talk about because at the end of the day, all of us are iffy-wiffy on our intentions. We all struggle. I get that. We all have our shortcomings. I have shortcomings. We all do. Ain't nobody acting like we don't. We're all sinful. Okay? But to sit here and actively take advantage. Like, if you unintentionally did something and then you're like, oh, crap. Like, I didn't lower my gaze. I probably was a little bit more friendly than I should have been. Let me take a step back. That was bad. Or, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you kind of acknowledge it. But if you're actively doing that and you're justifying it and you're like, okay, well, you know, you, you have to act like that with me. I am an imam. I am this. I am that. I have a leading position. I have lots of followers. I have this. You have to respect to me like that. What is your problem? What in your right mind makes you think that women have to submit to men like you who sit here and preach about, you know, this, this, that? And then don't do it in girls' DMs. And then unfortunately, some of them are getting blackmailed. You better not speak or watch what happens to you. And this is so, 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 so sad. Lots of girls do not speak up against this because if they do speak up, all hell will break loose, things will fall out or whatever may happen. And I get that. But I feel like you should always double check with people like, hey, is this normal? Is this right? Because lots of men take advantage of girls who may not know and you may not know. So you may think it's normal since this person holds an authority figure. And that's why I highly recommend always confirm and ask other people. Nothing wrong with that. No shame in that. Um, because it is dangerous. Another mes message that I just kind of want to give from a perspective. I think that sometimes people on TikTok and people on social media 
You know, they come off in a certain way when they're not. Girls, please be careful before going after dudes on TikTok. Please. I'm not saying that every single person on there is bad. And yes, there's people on them at the love of their lives and it's perfect. I'm not saying that, you know, if you see someone good, you shouldn't go about the halal way. No one's saying that. But I, what I'm saying is you see a dude who posts, you know, maybe reminders. He has, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, and then don't, I guess you could say don't confide and go so head over heels so quickly. Because there's a lot of things that you don't know. Someone on social media and someone who they are actually in your DMs are two different people. And I think that lots of girls think that, oh, well, he posts Islamic content. So he's, you know, perfect and great. And I I can attest, I post Islamic content. I'm not perfect and great. And even if they may admit that, you kind of want to be careful that this person isn't necessarily clout big-headed. That the clout got to their head and then they think that they're, you know, just above the world. And so they're literally making girls compete and take advantage to see who deserves his attention. It's not right. It's not right. You, he's not your madam. You're not his anything. Please be mindful about how you go about that. I'm telling you, because trust me, like I, the God has blessed me the opportunity through this podcast to see and know lots of things. And I'm telling you, be careful. I have talked to girls who have talked to guys before for the sake of marriage that were probably like there. There were so I don't want to say famous because that sounds a little I don't know. But they were so well known that like anyone in the Muslim community on social media knows them to that point. Like millions, 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 you know, out there. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like big, big, big brand deals. I'm not talking about low scale. I'm talking about big stuff. Um, and I know girls that have talked to people like that. And just just be careful. That's all I can say. I don't want to say anything that may be hypocritical or mean because again we're all sinners judging the way that other people sin i'm not here to judge you but as i'm just telling you as a girl to a like a girl hopefully if you're listening if this is a girl to a guy hey same goes for the girls there are some girls that you'll see on social media that will act a completely different way than when you actually talk to them they're like really rude and it's like what's your problem i i know that as well i've seen that case as well where like girl to a girl you'll be talking to a girl and they'll be really really rude and you're like, why? Why are you so rude? And like on social media, they'll be like super positive energy, love, vibes, amazing. And like, you know, and then like when you actually talk to them privately, they're like really rude. And it's like, huh? Mila protect us. I'm not talking about anyone in specific or really anything like that. Because this happens far more than we know. Whether it's on social media or in your communities, this happens to lots of people. So we have to be careful about you know, this situation, we really do. And that's just what I want to talk about in regards to that, because, you know, we're making jokes about the Dean while doing it through thirst traps, which sucks, because some people are saying they're literally posting thirst traps. And then they're talking about the Dean. And it's like, the reminder, the Dean reminder could have been posted kind of without you, you know, being all up in there like that. But that's just my opinion. That is just my opinion. The Dean reminder could have been posted without you trying to, you know, show whatever we do not need to see. And so, Mela, forgive us, because I don't want to ever be hypocritical. And I think it's difficult when you are on social media to talk about that, because people will nitpick at you and be like, oh, well, you're like this and you're like this. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not perfect. I never said I was, and I'm never going to act like I am. But taking advantage of someone is like a whole other thing. Especially to girls. You're sitting here advocating for women's rights and talking about girls and stuff like that. And then treating them like garbage in your DMs. Like disposal. Okay? 
These are not napkins. These are not tissue papers. These are human beings with emotions. Learn to act like it. Another issue that I think that is very um, up there that I think I should discuss is when someone says, well, I'm not ready to get married for ABC. Okay, not ready to get married? Stop talking to them. I'm telling you that this is so vital. I've seen and talked to girls who've bared it out five, six years, who've done all of this two, three years, visited everything with a guy. Now, they didn't know better, some of them, right? But some of them, you know, they probably did, I don't know. But they bared it out with a guy who was like, well, I'm not ready, I can't do this, or my parents this, or I have to have a degree, or I need this, and I need this, or money, or whatever, right? And then, like, they will continue that relation with him till he is ready so they can get married. And this is kind of not right, because already you don't want to do excessive communication, right? But when you continue it, when he's not ready, it's like you don't want to get attached. And then when stuff is ready, you know, they're like, oh, sorry, I don't like you anymore. Another problem is like when men are sitting there saying, well, I can't get married right now because of ABCD. Okay, then stop talking to women like that. That's just my opinion. Yeah, you can be scouting out and kind of roughly looking like, okay, I like this girl. Okay, I have her in mind. Let me tell my parents or, you know, whatever, something like that, right? But, like, for you to be viciously, actively, every day, going through 32 different girls and, you know, viciously, actively, you know, telling them, like, hey, I want to marry you. 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 Talk to your parents for me. I want to marry you. And then ghosting them. That's not right. You can't do that. It's just, it's just, I don't understand how morally even, like, you're breaking people's hearts. And then you want to use your excuse as to why, but that's not a right justification because if you knew that was the ground, you lay out that ground earlier. What some people do is they hide their circumstances, and then when the circumstances get released, they're like, well, well you said that, you know, it wasn't an issue. You said that you'd stay. Um, what do you want in the situation? People said they want, you know, women to submit and women to, like, you know, agree to just whatever men say. What do you want her to submit to? You know what I'm saying? Like, if you're saying that, oh, yeah, I have a bachelor's in this, I have a master's in this, I'm well-educated, I have this, 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 I'm getting this job, cool, no problem. And then six months later, you're like, oh, yeah, I never had any of those, I don't even have a degree, I dropped out of college, you know, whatever. Nothing wrong with that, but why the hell did you have to lie in the first place? Why? Now, if you're saying, oh, I'm so financially secure, I have this, I have this, I have this, um, you know, it's no problem for me. Five months down the line, they're like, shoot, I don't, I have no money. I, I don't have a job. I never had any of those things. Why the hell do you have to lie? Stop feeling like you have to lie to impress people, to grab people. Because the people that you're trying to grab with those lies are not your type of people. Simple. I always lay it out like that. If you have to sit here, you're just a normal middle, in, middle income person. And you are lying sitting here. That you're making, you know, six to eight figures. You own multiple bungalows. And you're just, oh, da, 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 all this, right? And you're trying to attract girls that will like those things i'm telling you that you won't be able to keep up that image for long anyway and that girl that you're trying to attack, attract is probably not your type of girl in the first place either because at the end of the day you know you will not be able to fulfill those requirements so why are you wasting your time stop acting like someone you're not you know what i'm saying like if you're 24 you don't have a house maybe you're still searching for a job maybe you're still you know finishing education okay whatever just be honest just be honest the people that will like you for how you are, as you are, as your honest state, are good people. But if you have to lie and put up a whole front and an image for someone to like you, they're not your type of person. But anyway, besides that, another thing that's recently been 
up on me that I've been wanting to kind of look into. I really want to upscale my TikToks. <laughs> um, I know I sound like a teen. I know. But I really want to upscale my TikToks for my public account for this whole podcast thing. Um, TikTok was the place where I got majority of my audience. And I don't want to say I'm slacking on TikTok. I like to post when I feel to my best extent, intentional and want to do it. You know what I'm saying? I don't like to force anything or make it too much of a routine thing. Um, And I like TikTok. I like to post on it. But, like, I don't know. I just feel like I want to do more with it. You know what I'm saying? And I really want, like, nicer, nice videos. So, please, if you like to, like, edit stuff on your free time and you're, like, really good at content creating, hit my line. Please. I, I need help. And it's, like, it's not that I don't know how to do it on my own. It's just I don't have time. And I do not, I do not have it in me to sit there and go on my computer and use other softwares to make a single TikTok. I'm sorry, I can't. Like, the most creative I get on my TikToks is, like, I might get nice videos for them. That's it. Like, <laughs> the whole downloading softwares and uploading and re-uploading and this and that. No, I'm sorry. I just, I, that's just not me. I'm allergic to that. Okay, I just can't do it. So, I mean, like, if that's your cup of tea and, like, you genuinely don't have anything else to do, I'd love to, like, have you um, make my TikToks. I'm looking for, like, a little bit more of, like, an aesthetical thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, y'all know what I mean. Like, you know, it's just, just, like, pretty aesthetic, but, like, nice content and whatnot. Like, I feel like I really, like, if you're interested, like, I want to see, like, what type of sample work you make. Like, it doesn't have to be related to, you know, what I'm asking for. Just to see, like, what you can do and yeah please if you feel like you love doing what you do and like i would be more than happy to promote your work and also tell people that you made it for me and post your tiktoks and whatnot so that's that anyway um the next thing that i guess i've been thinking about recently um hmm. <laughs> okay this is going to be a difficult discussion because allah knows best about this one and Allah knows the best about everyone's intentions, and I can't speak. But I find it kind of shocking. And this is for my girls. Only girls will get this. Y'all ever seen them prices for buying, like, hijabs and, like, modest dresses and stuff? Like, there are some cheap places. There are some. We're not acknowledging that they're not there. There are some cheap places. But when you go on some of these collections and you see their prices, you're like, phew. about to like gasp and it's like literally sometimes it's just a straight baggy dress that honestly has no business being $250 and it's just to my core I try to understand but I just can't because look 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 listen to me I know I actually have family that manufactures okay okay back home I am telling you whether or not we're talking about cloth quality, this quality, paying, like, well, you put all the factors into it. I get it. It's pricey. And I get it. Most of them justify it and they say, well, if you don't like what I put out, buy it from Shein. Buy it from somewhere else. My quality is really good. We have gotten the message that your quality is really good. But don't sit here and market yourself as being affordable when you're not i'm being honest people don't like to talk about that but you're telling me 55 60 dollars for one hijab 
If I don't fly like a Pegasus after I wear that, I'm not buying it. $60? And y'all think I'm capping. I've noticed that when women talk about this, men think that they're like exaggerating. Dude, I kid you not. Go on any, go on, go on, go look right now. Go look right now. When you go on these websites, it's like $60. And what's the justification? Oh, the cloth quality is really good. That's what. That's one of the first things you always hear. Okay, cool, fine. But you're not getting the fact that you know, people always say, well, then just buy from a cheaper place. And yeah, we do. We do. But that doesn't take away from the fact that low key, it just doesn't sit right with me on why certain brands want to make modesty so expensive. And it's kind of sad because, listen, if you're Pakistani, it's a universal thing. Our moms can sue. Okay. Our moms can sue. And you look at some of these things and you're like, I, I could buy the fabric for like, ten dollars and my mom could sue this in like 25 minutes right and i get it i get it and that's what people always get people get really edgy and defensive they'll then just do it why do you just purchase from higher name brands why do you like you, you know what i'm saying like people get edgy and defensive about the fact that low key to some extent it kind of feels like exploiting and they're like okay so just buy from a cheaper place just do it yourself and yeah we are i think lots of girls are but i just think that genuinely speaking from someone that at one point was really invested in starting businesses and i y'all don't even know my business stories are hilarious like y'all don't even know i had phases where i was like running my own businesses besides the point um i feel like Throughout my life, I've I've done lots of different business ideas, <laughs> but um, a lot of them failed. <laughs> um, even now, like I do, what is it called? The whole little monthly courses, the whatever. But I consider that more of like a hobby because I like doing it, um, and whatnot. But I think that that's one of those things that like I feel like I can always kind of provide, which is teaching. I don't necessarily want to be a teacher. I don't, I'm not a fan of that, the responsibilities that come with a job. But like teaching Quran, teaching this, teaching that, like it's something that I think I could do, which is like, that's kind of what I do now, but it's not like a full-time, you know, six-figure money-back thing. No. <laughs> but um, it's just, it's just a little side thing that I enjoy doing outside of the podcast, right? And I remember when I was younger, this is, really random i know but i remember when i was younger y'all know them ice cream trucks if you're in new york i think you know what i'm talking about there used to be ice cream trucks there were white ice cream trucks that sell the best ice cream in the world amazing ice cream um they had ice cream and i genuinely thought that the man who drove the ice cream truck got all the profit so whenever the man used to drive to the park with his ice cream truck and I'm talking floods, 50 families, their kids, their dogs, their pets, their grandmas were running up to the ice cream truck to get ice cream at the park on a hot day. I was like, wow, so many people are getting ice cream. This dude is rich. Oh, and I, I used to tell everyone, I was like, when I grow up, I'm becoming an ice cream truck man. When I grow up, I'm becoming an ice cream truck man. I think I even said that in classes when they were like, hey, what do you want to be? I'm like, ice cream truck owner, ice cream truck man. <laughs> I want to drive an ice cream truck and give ice cream. I genuinely thought it was a stable income. Like, I thought, like, they make all the money. I thought they got to keep it. No. Um, unfortunately. And, like, in New York, like, they drive around. You know, with the ice cream truck, and since New York is so populated, and, you know, like, street food and just getting food quickly is really common there, it was really easy for people to just, like, grab a cone for, like, $2 before they get on the bus and be like, okay, bye, cool. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, oh. young me thought she was going to eat. Like, I was like, baby, pull out the bag. It's time to go to Louis Vuitton. I'm buying myself big today. Like, I, I thought, okay, I thought. But 
then I got older and then I learned that, you know, that kind of faded. Then I had a really stupid phase where I thought that grocery store, you know, the people that work at the register, they get all the money that people spend. So now people are spending $350, $500 on groceries ahead of me. I'm like, what did it take to get to this profession? What does it take to get into this profession? And I was always wondering, I'm like, why does it look like the people that work at the register hate their job? Like, why do they always look sad? Like, you're getting all of this money and it's going in your little account drawer. Why are you bitter? And I was one of those kids growing up, you know, the ones that like to pretend that they were running a store, you know, like they like to like beep, beep, scan items. Yeah, I was that kid. And um, I just, I genuinely thought that re- the ones that worked at the cash register made all their money. So one time... It got so severe that I think I started telling everyone about this again. And I was like, I'm either going to be an ice cream truck owner or I'm going to own, I'm going to become a register worker. And I don't know why little me didn't think of the back of the fact that like, if that was the case, like the promotion that people would do for them to come to their lines at the checkout would be completely different. I don't know why I wasn't thinking that. I don't know. I just thought that like, okay, so these people get whatever money they make because they're working. So the $500 is just spent on groceries, still hers. And I was like, Shh, they make lots of money. I was like, maybe... Catch me with them Louis Vuitton bags in the future. Now that I'm older, I personally just don't care about brands. I don't know why. That's just my opinion. But I- I'm going to get to that discussion because that's a good one too. But um, yeah, I told everyone that I'm going to become a grocery store, you know, runner, owner thingy um, at the register, ice cream truck man. And then when I grew up, I think it was my sister, but someone broke the news to me and said to me that that's not how that works. And I did not believe them. Nope. You're lying to me. And I didn't believe them for quite a few years. And I kept telling people that I wanted to, like, be an ice cream truck runner or, like, you know, work at the register. And I kept telling people that. Um, And then I I don't know how that realization broke. But the day it broke, I realized that I I had to actually go to school, like, seriously. And that's, that that was difficult for me. (laughs) But, yeah, talking, getting back to that brand thing. I am so, I don't know why. I just don't care about brands i feel like people try to make girls that don't care about brands seem like monsters but it's valid i just don't care for brands i could not and i feel like whenever i say this people are like, such a pygmy no because look even if i had all the money in the world what am i going to do with the two thousand bag two thousand dollar bag what am i going to do it's like i don't know i just feel like i'm practical in regards to that i'm not saying you can't have nice things i like to have nice things too but like I'm not going to pay $3,000 for a bag, even if I was super, super rich, right? Inshallah. Even if I'm, like, really rich, like, I I just don't see it happening because it's like, what am I going to do with this? And let's be honest, a lot of bags that are thousands and thousands of dollars are not even actually usable. Like, you can just put your one phone in there. And I'm sorry, but that's just not me. You open up my bag, keychains, pepper spray, this, that. I have those little stabber thingies. Um coconut oil, hand cream, uh, tissues, lip balm, what's it called, hauls, peppermint candy, um, my asthma pump, my phone, wallet, does it look, <laughs> I'm carrying my whole life in there, okay, I'm carrying half the generations in this bag, what do you mean, like those $3,000, $4,000 bags, if you're this skinny with a little thing that shuts, and the only thing you can do is not even barely hold my phone, it's like, you're no good for me, and I mean, I, I just feel like maybe that's just me, because I'm pra- I'm really practical in regards to that, and even if there is a bag that fulfills my needs, I just don't see a reason to, and anytime I see people like, oh, you're just being, you know, like dramatic you're being a pick me or you just don't have a sports i'm like i don't find that i 
I just don't. It's not a logical purchase. Why would you want to spend $3,000, $4,000 on a bag? Why? And I noticed majority of the people that do do it never even use it. They just take pictures of it. And then they just put it on a glass like thing in their, in their house. Well, like, I don't. I don't care. You know what I'm saying? I just don't care enough to. Think about what you can do in 3000 4000 I can go out there, get a plane ticket, and have nice experiences for my life. I'd prefer experiences than having a bag that just sits there, stares at me, and will at one day, maybe even like three months later, be out of fashion. I just don't see it. I don't see it. That's my opinion. And if anything, I just feel like this is going to sound, again, like a pygmy. But like, dude, if you have 3000 4000 just throw out a bag. You're better off donating that. I know. I know. You're probably listening to like, ugh. Hera, don't be one of those girls. But I'm serious. Because look, when you donate money, you're just transferring the money from this, your worldly account to your Ahira account, right? So like, what are you going to do with the Louis V, with the Louis bag anyway? It's just, it's not, it's not, it's, it's not, it won't care for you in the grave. Like, it's just, I don't, I don't like to buy things that aren't, okay, well, listen, I think we all do a little bit of useless spending. But like, when it comes to such big things like that, like, I'm not going to spend $5,000 on a bag. That is just gonna sit there. I'm sorry. I said it as it is. That's just my opinion. That's just my opinion. Like, if someone was like, oh, hey, let me buy you $5,000 back, spoil it. I'm like, I'm better off. Like, you're better off getting me, like, gold jewelry or something. I- I'm just, I'm just saying. Okay, I'm just saying. Like, or, or, like, you're better off, like, giving me that money so, like, I can invest in, like, a rental property. Think wise. I think that's the problem with lots of people. When they get big loans of money or like meher or whatever, whatever, whatever your business is, however you want to take your money and make yourself a secure balance is you. But what some people do is they just buy expensive bags with it. And then like, oh, well, these are investment. I can sell them. Yeah, you can. But like, in my opinion, I just think that it logically makes more sense to save it up towards like rental properties or do something like that or flip and like make money out of that i think that if you have money you need to invest it in a way that it can come back to you as a stream not throw it all in one place and be like okay cool that's just my opinion that's just my opinion you don't have to agree with me i know lots of girls that are crazy over you know handbags and designer shoes and whatnot and that's fine and i'm not saying there's anything wrong with having nice things i like nice things but like five thousand dollars no but that's another thing but like people are dumping money on weddings too it's the same it's really is the same concept people are throwing money for weddings and i feel like now no matter what you do no matter how much money you spend at a wedding it's never gonna be enough ever i saw weddings where they had legit camels the hall the studio was so big that they had two three camels inside a big party thing and whatever whatever and like even after that someone will sit there and be like "Mm, i don't really like the flowers i don't like how they were white they should have been yellow you know and it's like i feel like lots of people dump money on weddings because they want to show people they want to show off they want also for the memories but like i just don't find it to be a this is my opinion a smart a smart investment because it's like you're dumping all that money there, buying these flowers, setting this up, buying the table, setting up this and that and that and that. And then, you know, you want to look good for that auntie that you did not see in 20 years so she can, you know, take the picture and post on her WhatsApp status and then so it can be someone's Facebook cover. Like, it's just so much of this and this and that. And, like, I just don't see a cause for it because besides the fact that you're showing off for people that don't give a crap about you, evil eyes real, um, it's a waste of money. It is. I just think that no matter what you do is ever enough. Like, you can have camels you know horses pegasus i don't know at your wedding and people be like oh my god they wasted so much money disgusting ew and then you can have like a low budget chill wedding people are like oh my god look at this wedding ick 
gross. I hate it. So, like, first of all, stop caring about what people are going to say at your wedding. You should not even be inviting people that you think are going to be sus. Now, of course, girls don't necessarily have a say in that because sometimes everyone gets invited. But, like, if you have a say in it, like, don't invite people that you think are going to be judgmental towards you. I just don't see a reason to call those people. And you know how people are always, like, getting pissed off about people that are like, oh, I just want a small nika and then go to, like, a vacation place and whatnot. People get mad about that. They're like, oh, quit being a pick-me. How is that being a pick-me, though? Because it's only being smart with your money. If you have any type of financial literacy, I hate to sound like a frat boy right now. I hate to sound like an alpha male. But, like, if you have any type of financial literacy, I think that it makes sense to not spend 50, 60, 70K on three days. You know how Pakistani weddings, they're three days, which a lot of that is cultural. You just, you know, the nikah, whatever. But, you know, three days and the after party and the before party and the dua party and this party. And it's like you're, okay, not even three days. Three days was what they used to do before in Pakistani culture. Now they're doing like a week, two weeks. And I'm like, and a lot, all of it's basically culture, really, it is. Because the way that Islam says it and the way that it happens, there's completely different things, unfortunately. May Allah forgive us. But, um, you know, you're dumping 50, 60, 70, 80K on these events. And you're like, I've noticed majority of the time the actual bride and groom are pissed off. They're in such bad moods. I've noticed that I've never seen really them happy. They're always looking angry, upset, bitter. The actual family that's hosting the wedding, they're annoyed. Like, no one's enjoying no one's enjoying like why why just why do people do that why do people dump 80k on a wedding i don't see it i don't see it i just don't get it like i'm not saying you can not invite your friends and have a nice thing like there's nothing wrong with that if, as, as long as you know it's islamically islamically done and whatnot which is unfortunate because a lot of pakistani cultural weddings are not like that but you know a nice little halal situation cool but like 80k i'm sorry I know, I know there's people listening to this right now and they're like, she's weird. Or like, yeah, she's being a pick-me. But like, I'm not even trying to be a pick-me because this has been my opinion since I was little. Like, I don't, I just don't think that that's financially smart. <laughs> what else do you want me to say? And if anything, I think that majority of the time, like, you do those events just for the pictures. And it's like, you know, the pictures only live so long. Then you just stare at them 300 times and you're like, man, I wish I could get that 80k back. Mm. but like you know it is what it is you do you you do you um help us all have a say in what we want i mean anyway that's just my thoughts on that i think that also like you know catering food that's a big thing at the wedding like people don't even care about the wedding people usually care about the food and i think the thing about food that a lot of people tend to forget this is my opinion I'd rather feed grateful people meals than feed people that are going to sit there and be like, mm, the kebabs are definitely overdone. It's definitely too spicy. Oh my god, the biryani, the rice was just not boiled right. Like, I'd just, I just rather feed people that are going to be grateful about it, you know? Instead of people that just have a bitter face the whole time at your, you know, your event, hate the food, hate you. <laughs> it's just like, why are, you, why are you here? I think that it's really important to actually look at a lot of the people that you are surrounded in, in your events, not even weddings, like dawah, stuff like that. Like, and I don't know, I guess, you know, there's only, there's a limited say on how much of your parents' friends you have a say on or how much of your own friends. And, you know, just like you, you have a, there's like a limit on certain situations and environments and events. But um, 
I definitely think that if you do have a say, you should be careful about inviting people that are judgmental and don't necessarily serve you because you don't want to have negative people on positive, memorable moments of your life. That's just my take. I know that unfortunately, lots of girls don't even have a say on who they want to invite to their own wedding because majority of the time, you know, it's everyone's descendants, 10 generations and out that are there and you don't necessarily even have a say, which is sad, but at the same time, I think that if you do, it's it's a valuable thing to keep in mind. Anyway, besties, let me tell you about what happened yesterday because homegirl got a story to share. So let's start off with saying that I'm not trying to complain or like sound ungrateful and, you know, be like, oh, my God, like it was the worst situation in the world. No, I'm just sharing my two cents, like a little bit of a lesson that I learned. And I'm going to try to make a light humor, but honestly, I'm still scared. So it might get a little dark. Okay yesterday evening well first of all i don't like to drive in the evening period done like i just don't like to go out in the evening but anyway i don't really like to drive or just go out period around five six seven unless like you know it's like for actual reason because i just feel like it's so rushy traffic people that are commuting home from work are at that time and no offense i've just noticed that a lot of the bad drivers are out during that time i really like seriously humble opinion and so i don't really like it but you know some things came up and i had to go so I had to go to this grocery store and this grocery store is just, it's like, a, so it's like a double highway and it's like, it's close. It's not far or anything like that. It's not like the actual highway highway. It's like the, like, I guess you could say it's more of like the pub, how do I explain it to y'all? Oh, it's just the highway. Okay. It's called highway, but it wasn't like the fast paced actual highway, highway, highway on the highway. You get me? Okay. So it was like, there's like these two double lane roads outside of my house and like the fast highway. And basically it's kind of like the main road of where I stay at, right? So yeah, we call it a highway. Anyway, okay? Okay, don't don't correct me. Anyway, um, it's just, it's a straight road. So it's like, it's a straight road. You can't go wrong. And the grocery store is just, you just keep going straight and you'll get to it, right? So it's, I think maybe like a couple miles go straight and you'll get to it. And, you know, go to the store, you know, buy the goodies, coming home. And I don't know if I preface this already. I drive a 23-year-old car. But, yeah. Um, she's an oldie. She's a little bit suicidal. She breaks down. But I'm in love. Okay? I'm in love with her. So, but the thing is, like, this car, it's never given me, like, a breakdown on the road type of issue. It's just kind of like, hey, I break down at home type of thing. But, like, it's still solid. Okay, I'm in love. It's, like, 23 years old. And it's, okay, you know, like, I just like my day. I like it, okay? So, don't talk to me about that. Don't talk to me saying, oh, you need, you need to get a different car. Shush. Don't talk to me about that one. Don't talk to me. Okay? Okay. Anyway. So, you know, driving, driving, driving. Get out the grocery store. And mind you, like, I've never been in a situation like this. And this is where my toxic issue comes up. I guess it's toxic. I don't know. But I don't know a thing about cars. Not a thing. Not a crack. Not a crevice. The only thing I can tell you is when my gas is low. Okay? <laughs> and when my car is ready to drive. That's it. I could not tell you anything else. I could tell you how the gas is low. That is it. It. You ask me, hey, is there air in your tires? I don't know. The tires is running itself. I don't know what else to tell you. Tell me you need an oil change. I could not tell you. Uh, you know, back door open, maybe, yeah, it is, I don't know, like, I just, I could not, okay, and I think that a lot of this roots from, it's gonna sound toxic, from being Pakistani, and just, you know, like, we just, 
the girls like yo i bet there are girls out there that know about this stuff and you should but my mind only got so many gigabytes okay and like cars and learning about cars uh, i hate to say this but when it comes to that i just i i become a very i become a woman and i always been a woman i'm not i'm not one of those people that believe in feminism and you know i'm no but like when when that is a situation like i become a girl girl like i become a girl okay so cut story short um getting out driving my car starts to slow down on the middle of the road on the highway and my steering wheel starts to get heavy and it was like something was on my brakes like something was stopping from braking and mind you this is a two-way fast road and like there's no scene of you like pulling to the side on this road it's a skinny two-way fast road and it's like you know it's a fast road it's not no 25 miles per hour like you you gotta be you gotta be careful and so i'm sitting there and i'm like crap what's happening i press my foot on the on the on the gas i'm like what's going on (laughs) what's going on mind you my gas is low but it wasn't that low. You know when your gas is low, but, like, you know you could go to the store and come back? It was that type of situation. And I was like, my gas is not that low. What's going on? And, like, I've, I'm going to be honest with you. I've done some risky things on low gas. Okay? We all do it. It happens. Circumstances. But it wasn't that low. Okay? It wasn't that low. And I was like, okay, like, it's low, but, like, I, I could skid home. Like, don't act, don't act dramatic with me. Anywho. So, I see the gas is low. And as my car's stopping on the middle of the highway and my steering wheel is getting heavy and my brake is like not like, you know, braking correctly, I look at my gas and I'm like, I still got gas. What the hell's going on? And I was like, crap, I don't know what else to do. There was no way that I could continue going on that road because the way that my car I was about to like stop. So I quickly turn on my right indicator. I swerve into someone's driveway. I had nothing else to do. And that was my only lucky chance because after that, like, I was done. Like, I was going to be on the highway, highway, and it's just grass, 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 grass. That was at one person's house. I quickly swerved in. Swerved into the driveway. Now, this person's house, shout out to their house. Thank you for saving me. But, well, I mean, it was God's work anyway, but, you know. But, like, their house, like, the house is in Georgia. Like, it's forest up in here, okay? So, it's, like, sometimes it's, like, a deep forest, and you got to keep walking on a trail, and, like, people's houses are there. And their house was kind of like that, where it was, like, a really skinny trail, and the, they don't have, like, a driveway driveway. So, at this point, I'm just kind of blocking their driveway house issue, trail issue thing, with the, my car. And I'm sitting there, and I'm, like, trying to, like, press the pedal, whatnot. And since this was the only place I could swerve in, I look in front of me, and there's a big ditch. And that's one of the things about Georgia, like... We have so much wild, just, like, empty land here. And sometimes it's at really big, steep downhills. And it was a really big downhill. Like, it was a type of downhill that, like, if I got my car, if I even got my front two wheels up in there, I don't know what I would have done. I don't think you could get out of there. It was that deep. So now, my crap, if I move forward an inch, I'm done. If I go back an inch, the traffic was going to eat me. And it was to the point that, like, I wasn't completely out of the traffic zone either. Because the problem was... You couldn't. There was two ditches on both ends, and the cars were coming so fast. There was no scene of me re-entering traffic. I was at a blind spot, and I could not see what was happening. Like, I couldn't see it. So, I panic. And I'm thinking to myself, I was lucky enough to get my car in park mode. And I was like, okay, do I restart my car? Do I not? And I was just sitting there and thinking to myself, because if I restart it, and it's like, what if something goes wrong, or it doesn't start up as a whole, then what am I going to do? 
So I get on my phone, I call my mom. And I'm like, mom, I'm on the side of a curb and this and this happened and, 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 and just wailing. So she goes, where are you? And I'm like, I don't know. And I was, <laughs> I was like, I don't know where I, I am. Like, da, 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 da. And she's like, but where on the like on the road i'm like i don't know it's just a street road i'll share my location with you i share my location with her and i'm like okay Hera, what do you want to do she's like all right i'm coming i don't know what i was thinking i shut off my car turn it back on it was working again <laughs> and so i was like oh what do you know my car's working but it was also kind of like i didn't want to take that risk and then it stops working so i come my mom like hey my car's working she's like okay just try to itty bitty your way home um because i wasn't far but now here's where the real issue was. I don't know what was more scary. My car breaking down or me trying to re-enter that highway traffic. Because I lost my mind, bro. I kid you not. <sighs> so scary. I was, I literally bismillahed my way through that traffic. Alhamdulillah. But I'm at this curb, right? And I'm looking at the double lanes, right? And the cars are coming so, 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 so fast. There's no entry of me. Now, the problem is this. With the way that I swerved into their driveway, if I move forward, my wheels are going to get stuck. If I go backwards, I can't. Like, someone's going to hit my car on the road. So what do I do? And I'm right in front of someone's mailbox, too. And I'm like, I'm stuck. And at this point, I'm thinking, I'm like, should I call my mom and tell her just so she can come take out my car? <laughs> because I'm not. Listen, Pete, I'm not, a, I'm not like a pro, oh, my God, amazing, smooth, like, I can go anywhere on my first shot type of driver. I'm not. I don't like to go places that I don't know how to drive to. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm just that person. But um, I'm sitting there and I'm like, what am I going to do? And I'm just sitting there and I'm like, can someone just take out the car in traffic for me and get it back? And I'm like, that's not how that works, Tara. You're going to have to figure this out on your own. And I'm sitting there thinking, and I'm like, did I not learn this when I take the DMV test? No, baby, I did not. I got my license in COVID. When you get your license in COVID, basically you do nothing. Okay, they just make you drive up to the stop sign and, like, take a turn or two and, you know, then you are out on the road. So, I'm like, eh, I'm not prepared for this. So, I do what all women do. You know, crane your neck out. I pulled out my window and I did the 360 crane. And even after doing the 360 crane, I could not see the traffic because I was in such a bad blind spot. And so... At this point, I'm hot. I'm like, Hera, you can't see the traffic. I'm trying to see through my side mirror. Can't see it. Trying to see from top. Can't see it. My brother in the back seat munching, eating this chip so loud. And I'm like, dude, like this ain't the moment for that. And I got the two ditches in front of me, behind me. And someone who's coming on fast speed. And no one was even waiting to give me an entry either. Even though I had my indicator on, I had no hope. So I was like, crap, let's just get at it. And then I kind of waited. Looked at the sounds. Looked at what was going on. I swerved into traffic. Alhamdulillah, I got home. Got home, I'm, you know, windows down, my mom's outside the house. She's just like, let me see what happened. And she's like, I don't see anything wrong. And I was like, mom. And she was like, Berta, kuch nahi hota, se experience banta. You know how, you know, <laughs> if you speak, or do you get it? My mom was just like, oh, you know, that's just experience. You'll learn, you'll be fine, whatever. I think she was downplaying it so I could like become fine. But like, I just, I'm not prepared for that, right? So and then I realized I had to tell my dad. Which is like another thing, right? Dad comes home eventually later and I tell him. And I didn't tell him the whole story about me swerving traffic. Because, hey, hey, I like life, okay? I didn't, want him, I didn't want him to be like, oh my god, you don't know how to drive. And like, you know, just get upset at me. I mean, not upset, but you know how parents are. I mean, it's in a loving manner. But like, you know, I just, so I just told him. I was just like, hey, my car gave me problems and whatnot. 
goes outside and he's like there's nothing wrong with your car and i was like ah oh, you know how to make that's the thing though because it's like it's the second it's the second um two person hand me down mom had it my sister had it and now it's like why are you trying to break down on my end trying to make me look like a bad person you know what i'm saying but like now now i think i think it is like you know i don't even know what to say so alhamdulillah got home safely um and i learned a very valuable lesson always always read your evening and morning you know duas i think that that always just even regardless always saves me out of the worst situations um and that moment i was just like allah help me like allah i do not know what to do and i think that when you honestly just call out to allah in every situation you always find him near you and i know some people are like okay here it's not that big of a deal but it was really scary like when you don't know this stuff and like it's it's a lot like and i think like the thing is like as a girl like i'm I'm not even gonna be like you know how some little girls are like oh my god i know everything about cars i'm so disappointed i don't i don't know i could not tell you um and i was like i should probably learn i should probably learn what to do in those situations but i think like calling out to allah in those moments really kind of (laughs) made me become a lot more grateful because it opened up my eyes to the fact that like Lots of people don't necessarily... How do I word this? Okay, lots of people don't necessarily think to call out to Allah in times of distress and they're just panicking. But I feel like in your panic, when you remember God and you're like, God, help me. God, like, oh my God, what's going on? I feel like those are such valuable moments that you'll always remember in your life because you remember how God got you out of something so crazy. And it's like when you're in your most stressed, most panic, and the first thing you remember is calling out to God. I think that it makes it so, so valuable. You know, there was this other time, and I feel like it's all kind of funny because I'm literally sitting here saying, oh, all the bad drivers are at that time, and then there's me acting the way that I did. But um, not too long ago, I was really tired, just, you know, out of it. I was driving to the store, and I had to get something. Um, So I was just going and, you know, just had a lot on my mind. And I hear an ambulance, and I'm like, oh, may Allah, you know, keep whoever that was safe. Keep driving. I don't know what was going on with me. The ambulance was behind me. Okay. And I guess it's traffic law. Not that I ever learned this in, you know, DMV and just all the laws that they make us read if you are, you know, a teen. Um, it's recommended that you kind of pull over to the side if you can to let the ambulance pass you. Right? And so now if the ambulance can't pass you, everyone is staring at you like you crazy. And now you and your life is in danger. Well, that's exactly what happened to me. Basically, I was at that same road, kind of problematic road at this point. I'm kind of scared of it. Um, And it was a little bit twisty and curvy, right? So it's like at a really big curve. So it was like, while you are on fast traffic curving, it's really difficult to pull to the side and stop, especially when the sides are really deep and grass ditch. So ambulance behind me. And when I realized that ambulance was behind me, and they raised the sirens. I was like, oh, shoot. Amos, but I'm like, I'm like, here, where are you? I'm like, I'm not even here. Like, I'm not even on earth, right? Um, at this point, on the opposite side of the line, I see people pulling over their cars um, and just kind of, like, getting out the way, going into parking lots, whatever, to get out the way. But my side of the road, it was just, like, straight. You got to keep going, right? So I see people pulling over, and I'm like, crap. I'm the problem. I am the issue. And I was like, shoot, Hera, what do you do? Because this ambulance is on my back on me it might as well sit in my back seat dude might as well sit in my back seat and i get as an emergency and i was like i don't know what to do so the nearest um cvs that came i quickly swerved into that parking lot and i let it pass me 
And I could not tell you the panic that went through me in that moment because the whole road was like, hey, move to the side. And I'm like, I can't. And I was just driving on traffic. I was like, I can't. And I was panicking and it was so bad. And then I like, I was trying, but it was like, at that point, it was like, you can't, right? So it was like, I went online when I got home and I Googled it. Like, am I going to go to jail or something? And I'm not going to jail, per, look at me go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But not going to go to jail, don't worry, guys. It said that basically, by law, if there's an ambulance behind you at where I stay at, um, it's recommended you pull to the side if you can. If you can't, by law, you have to be very calm, continue to observe the speed limit, don't cross red lights, don't panic, don't do any of that and just continue to go slowly and try to find the nearest exit, which is what I did. I found the nearest exit at the CVS and I quickly let it go there, right? Um, and I was like, listen, that's kind of bad though because like you make me panic. Like you got your sirens on full speed, the whole road pulling to the sign, everyone's yelling at me. What do you want me to do except break speed limit, you know? But I stayed under speed limit and I was like, here, I'll calm down because if you do something, like it's gonna cause a bigger issue. So take a breather and pull over. And so that's what I did when I could. And so, yeah, I was really worried. I was like, oh my God, like, am I going to get arrested? Like, what's going to happen to me? And I was like, no, you're fine. You know, there was this other time. I, I, I love how I'm just exposing myself raw. This is other time. My first time through a drive-thru, which was a Walgreens medicine drive-thru. Now, one thing about me is I just don't like drive throughs because, you know, like parking your car in the window and just, eh, I don't like drive throughs right? Like, I'll just go inside. Um, drive through, And I was wearing Pakistani clothes. Okay? <laughs> Here's the thing. When you live in Georgia... You can't just raw dog it out and go in Pakistani clothes outside. That's not how that works. I wear Pakistani clothes all the time. Shavar kameez, all of that. Just like at home forever and always. Um, that's just how I am, okay? And that's just how my family is. We just wear, you know, shavar kameez at home. I don't wear no, you know, sweatpants and tea. No, I'm a shavar kameez type of gal, okay? So... Anytime I gotta go out, I gotta change my clothes. Because if someone out there sees me in a shavar kameez... I, I have a feeling that they're not going to like me and they will try to Lord knows what, right? And you're a hijabi on top of that. That's just not how that works in the South, okay? The South, they just, they don't like, they don't like that, okay? So, um, for my safety, I do change before I go out. But I had to get medicine from Walgreens and I was like, oh, let's just go through the drive-thru. I don't want to change my shawar kameez. Because I think it was my first time going through a drive-thru. Um, in the drive-thru. And no one was there. But I was rounding in and it was really narrow and it was lining up in a way that I wasn't unless I was going to like hit a pole. So I reversed and I was trying to reverse and straighten my car out in the little driveway. And the back of my car hit a cart. Yeah. Yeah. Mm hmm. You know, some girls are pretty and then some girls can drive. I happen to be both. Mm. <laughs> no, I happen to be. I don't happen to be a driver, though. But um, Yeah. Yeah, I had a card and um, alhamdulillah no damage happened because it wasn't like I had a thing on the back of my car. So like my car didn't directly hit it. Um, the tire did, right? Because I had like a tire thing at the back of my car. It's an old car. So the tire touched the, touched the cart. But I'm backing out, right? And like I'm trying to reverse and fix myself in that little driveway, um, in the little drive through. So when I pull up, I'm like my car will be straight and I won't be like whacking into places, right? So I am reversing, trying to fix my car. My car, the tire that I have on the back of my car. Um, you know how people have like the tires that hang on their cars, right? For emergencies. I had that. Um, it's an old car and it kind of hit a cart. And when it hit the cart, right? It might like I'm looking through both of my mirrors, like to make sure everything's fine, right? Um, and when it hit the cart, I was like, oh, Hera, 
you're done because you know how you know how pharmacies are like they bougie and they don't care like they will you're done and i was like oh my god when i hit the car and i heard the noise it wasn't even that bad it was just a little bit of like you know a little bit of a spark um i just froze and i was like Hira. and i just stood there in my lopsided position and then this big truck started coming in you know the trucks that provide products like you know sodas and whatnot to be filled up in stores that type of truck started coming in. I was like, Harry, you got to fix yourself. Get out of this lopsided reverse position and fix yourself because this truck is coming in and get stuck for a big run. Fix yourself. And I'm sitting there and I'm low key. I have no other word to describe this besides using an Urdu word. I was in a sadma. Okay. I was like, oh, what did I do? I was just coping in my car and I was like, Hera. And I was just sitting there and I was like, oh my God, like, did I damage it? What happened? And I was just praying to life. And mind you, like, I always had an enmity with the wheel on the back of my car. I was like, why do we got to have the wheel? I don't like it. It makes my car look even more old, right? And it is old. It's like 23 years old. But um, now I'm in love with it and I never will take it off because it has protected me from lots of stuff. But um, yeah, I was just frozen in my car and i quickly fixed myself and pulled up to the drive-thru hoping that they didn't notice and they didn't i got my medicine i zooted home and i was like yeah i'm not gonna come there for a while came home got out my car my mom was like hey how'd i go great nothing happened till this day my family does not know about that i think now is appropriate time to tell them because it's been a long time since that has happened you know i feel like whenever i share stories like stuff that happened to me when i'm 16 i was like yeah so when i was 16 like everyone knows like this is about this is about to be a little bit crazy because I don't know. I'm 18 now, but you see, that's the thing. Like I, sh when something bad happens, I don't share the story until later and I make humor out of it. And I'm like, Oh yeah. Y'all know when I was 16. Yeah. I had a cart with the back of my car and I was so scared. And I was like checking for damage and like, I took a 360 for damage and it was fine. Like, you know, it's funny now. But, like, if I told them that then, when I fresh started driving, baby, my license would be provoked. Because my parents would take away the license harder than the police would, harder than the DMV would, okay? So, but, I mean, now it's a funny story, right? But I don't even think I got that much authority right now to be cracking up jokes about the stuff that I did on the road. Because from these previous last few days, I have been showing very bad behavior. So, I'm working on it, though, guys. I am. And I'm not saying that I'm a really inconsiderate bad driver. That's not what I am. I'm very cautious. I take my time. I'm very, very hesitant. You know, I don't like, I hate people that do impulsive, quick turns, quick cuts, who don't turn on indicators. If you do not turn on your indicator in front of me, dude, dude, stop. Just why, why you gotta be like that? Why do y'all not turn on your indicators? Can I talk about that? Listen, I know I violated my own stories and shared something about me. But listen, when it comes to indicators, I, I ritually, I turn on my indicators like nobody's business. I am so devoted to turning on my indicators. I will let you know where I'm going. But I cannot tolerate when someone in front of me does not turn on their indicators. Because like, why you gotta be like that? Now I'm sitting here wondering, are you gonna go right or are you gonna go left? Because if they got a cut for me to go right, I'm still sitting here behind you because I don't know if you're gonna go right. And it's just, I don't like that. Like, why can you not turn on your indicators? Why? It's one slap. It's one slap down upright. Just stop to turn on your indicators. You piss me off. Like, okay, no, not piss me off. That, that's strong. I don't like to get angry over those things because, you know, a lot, a big part of Islam is keeping sabbat and patience, but it's like, it does kind of get me like, why? You know, like, mm, like, why are you going to be like that? You could turn it on. You could turn it on. So, but one thing I do do is I turn my indicators. I'm really cautious when driving, but it's just, I don't like to be in experiences that I don't know how to handle, which has been something that's been happening to me recently, but I always try my best to um, observe, you know, etiquette behavior and be careful. So don't worry. I'm not a bad individual. I'm just, yeah, it's funny now because it was a long time ago. Not really, it was a week ago, but yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm editing this, and I just realized I completely didn't film an outro.
Not that I said anything useful, but I just wanted to tell you that I hope you have a great day. And yeah, that's all. Sound like a... <laughs>